Hey mamas, my name is Tenley and welcome to my channel. And as you can see, I have my lovely husband with me today. And we're going to be talking about our pregnancy and birth story. So I remember like it was yesterday where I woke up on a Sunday morning, went to use the washroom and I saw this note. It was a pregnancy test. And I remember I was looking, I was like, pregnancy test. I was like, holy crap. Is Tally trying to tell me something? So on Father's Day, which was absolutely amazing. I'll, I'll never forget it. We found out that we were pregnant. Okay, today is June 21st. Sunday, June 21st, and it is also Father's Day. I just took a pregnancy test, and I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm pregnant. I have to whisper because Adrian's in the other room. I am, like, happy but nervous but scared, like, I don't know. I don't know. I left him a note in the bathroom on a sticky note that said Happy Father's Day with the pregnancy test over it. I'm like shaking, 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 shaking. So we'll see how this goes. He walks up to the door and he looks at me and he goes, Are you serious? No, no, Tim. Are you serious? And I'm, I'm like, yeah. And he drops down to his knees. And he goes, thank you, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God. <laughs> like, are you for real? <laughs> the man in my swim! Ten! <laughs> like, you're for real, for real. Can we do the test just to make sure it's real? Like, you're for real. I don't die, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, man. We're pregnant. Yeah, so that's how we found out we were pregnant. So now that we're pregnant, what type of medical treatment, medical care are we going to be looking to use? I'm very traditional. The only thing that I know really is doctors and OB. But Tele had this idea of maybe using a midwife. And I'm like, mid who? No, we're going to use a OB because that's where pregnant people go. They use OBs. And I'm sure you, you're a lot more educated on that now, right? If! Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Midwives are amazing. They're very hands-on, very personable. Um, they answered a lot of questions because Tenley would make fun of me at every appointment saying, or they ask, okay, so, you know, Tenley, Adrian, do you guys have any other questions? And Tenley would be like, nope, but Mr. Frame, I'm sure he has a lot of questions. <laughs> and my biggest concern was that, honestly, was that this was our first pregnancy. And I just wanted Tenley to have what I consider, what I knew to be the best possible care and treatment for herself as well as for our son. Well, at the time, we didn't know it was a son. We just know it was a baby. Our first ultrasound was actually on my birthday. Now, let me give you a little uh, backstory. backstory of how this all happened. So our first appointment was actually scheduled in the St. Catharines area, I believe. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. But because we knew we were going to Brampton for my birthday, we did our first ultrasound in Brampton, but because of COVID, which we didn't know in GTA, only I could go in the room, Adrian couldn't. In our region, in the Niagara region, they actually allow the parent um, to come in with the pregnant mother. So that was terrible. Was we, we found out then. So our first ultrasound and first heartbeat was just me. So we told our mothers and fathers. Um, and they were overjoyed. And some me. close friends and family on my birthday weekend. We had a barbecue as well for my birthday. So my birthday was a Friday and the Saturday was a barbecue at my mom's house. And we actually had shirts that said, Oh baby, small font said 2021. When you walked out, everyone's like, Oh, you nice shirts, you guys are matching. And then one person saw it, like, Is this an announcement? Yeah. Our next appointment with the midwife, we went in for the heartbeat. And boy, was the heartbeat strong. Historically, what they say is that if it's a very strong heartbeat, it's a girl. And he had a very strong heartbeat. <laughs> it was a boy it was a good appointment like um i was nervous because i'm always nervous when it comes to doctors in general our second ultrasound now at the hospital where this is where we're able to determine now the sex of the baby provided that the baby cooperates yeah so the next appointment was our second ultrasound at the hospital where now we're able to find out the gender of the baby now given covid obviously there's a lot of restrictions where again, you know, the father or support person again wasn't allowed in during the actual exam, but typically at the end of the exam, that's when they would allow you to come in and uh, be able to see like, a quick little visual as well. So, well, from my understanding is despite COVID, they don't allow you to come in during the examination in general. Was that the case, really? Yeah. All I remember now was that they called me into the room to show me the baby, saw his face, saw his heart beating and, and so forth and because we we're doing a gender reveal we decided to do a surprise we actually had to wait until two days later to actually find there, yeah. out what we were having I received a phone call from our midwife team where they had indicated that they needed to, to top the 10 list. Two things I mentioned on the call was, one, I had two fibroids, which we didn't know before. I had no idea that I had fibroids. And the second thing was, they said that it looked like the baby may have had a bowel obstruction that healed itself. So it's almost so, like a little shadow that they had seen. Yes, yeah. that we weren't. So that we weren't so concerned about it because they weren't concerned about it. We were more concerned about the fibroids. Because one thing that she did mention to me is based on where they're positioned, I can bleed out when giving birth. They had scheduled us for a follow-up ultrasound. The second ultrasound, the follow-up ultrasound at the hospital, um, we got a call saying that... I can't remember the exact terms, but there was a couple terms that she threw at us. And one of them was that the baby could possibly have cystic fibrosis because it's a connection to the bowel. Um, and there could have been uh, also an, 
an eruption somewhere in there so they weren't sure and they saw they saw spots she said to us that she was actually going to send it off to a specialist and there's three things that could happen the first thing is they see it they don't call you and there's there's no issues the second thing was um, that they would schedule us here uh, pending a follow-up after the birth of the baby because uh, everything looked fine. Or three, that they would refer us now to a OB uh, specialist because at this point, our pregnancy would now be considered high risk. Mm -hmm. So based on what the midwife was telling us, she didn't think that it was such a, a big concern so for us not to worry and this was and shout out to the midwives because uh i think this is a time where it's like getting news like this it can really be overwhelming mm -hmm. uh so kind of remaining positive and saying you know i don't think anything's gonna happen but you know let's just wait and see and then we'll take it from there um shout out to you guys again for for doing that so yeah we we really appreciated that even though it's still a worrisome it was the fact that they were calm that kind of kept us in loop said hey you know if they're not so concerned this is what we're expecting and this was right um, before our baby shower. So we weren't, and our baby shower was in December, so we weren't so worried, but then the new year came. And let me just put this in here. We actually started following Transformation Church um, the first, like January 1st. It just so happened that way. It wasn't planned, nothing. The word of the year was being anchored, like you said um and that you know you're gonna go into the deep and when you're in the deep you just gotta trust god trust god trust god and that now that we've decided because we were actually doing a 21 day fast as well Jeez. um obviously i couldn't fast food because i was pregnant but during that time like the enemy just threw things at us and one of these things being we got a call from the hospital that an ob wanted to see us go figure go figure so I think I was, what, 34 weeks pregnant? 34, 35, somewhere there. Somewhere there, 34, 35 weeks pregnant. Now we're going to the hospital. I think it was a little bit earlier than that, maybe. Maybe somewhere around there, somewhere around, I can't remember. Um, so we went in, we did an ultrasound, and the ultrasound, like, which was good, we did the ultrasound and then went straight upstairs to see the, the OB. And they're looking at the results, looking at the results, looking at the results. And the, um, I don't know if she was an attendee or something, Jessica, I'll never forget her name. Very calm, very professional. And she went through a whole screening of questions for us. She did say- Very thorough. Yeah, she's very thorough. She did um, give us like possibilities of things, but not to be, and I'm somebody who goes worst case scenario. And she kept saying, I'm not giving you worst case scenario because I don't want your mind to go there. We will wait to see what things happen, how things come up. Um, and then we met my OB. Once you become high risk, you leave the care of a midwife and you go to an OB. So at this point, the, the OB at the hospital has now taken over our care. What it ended up being or what they end up seeing was what they called calcifications on his liver. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what it was, and they were going to test me for everything possible under the sun that they can test for outside of the womb. So those who know me, I know I hate needles. Like, I'm terrified them, of needles. Come on, you love them. Terrified of needles. So having to do so much blood work um, and then swabs down there, like, it was just, like... It was a lot. 
it, it was, it was a lot. lot. It was a lot. Yeah. And everything came back just the way it's supposed to. So they couldn't find anything. But I was in the hospital every week. Every week we had an appointment with the OB doing more ultrasounds, ultrasound after ultrasound after ultrasound, continuing to look at the same things. And then they end up looking at the head because the brain, based on some stuff they were considering, the brain could be connected to it. They, and, they were just trying to rule out everything. Yeah. Like, literally. Right. So... Um, and, and and maybe if we can maybe say it's here, this kind of goes uh, a long way that having a support person is so key go, doing, going through all of this, right? Because uh, imagine Telly now pregnant, one, her body's changing. She's thinking about all the changes, like, oh my God, what's happening with the baby? And she's kind of going through this by herself. So, I mean, if you so did the deed, stay behind your seed. I like that. That's a good that, that, that rhymes, right? That's I'm good. a rapper now. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, yeah, every week was at the hospital seeing the OB. Um, and I know for regular, at this point in time, you, you have your weekly appointments. But I think my weekly appointments were a little bit different because I was constantly doing ultrasounds. I was constantly every doing week. different tests and all of that. All right, so check it. We're here now. It's 7.47. And... We got an eight o'clock appointment and we're just waiting for the doctors to take this ultrasound your mom and just to confirm what god's doing now she's gonna fly stealing uh, yeah that's why shake your head in agreement pull us for a minute pull us for a minute come on tell me Tell her, do your thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's so wild. But in the name of Jesus, we're declaring that you are healed and whole. And we're going to show you this video one day to know that, yo, we're standing in faith, believing for your healing. So stay tuned. Um, and then my doctor ended up saying at one point, we may not ever find out what this is. And we may just have to wait until he's born and monitor him to see how he reacts, how his body is. And I am just monitor him, but remember, babe, they're also saying that they can only do so much testing on you mm -hmm. externally. So once he's out, you know, if they need to run any additional testing or so forth, to see if they can pinpoint whatever the trigger or cause of this calcification is, they would then do that at that point, right? Yeah. And I can't remember the name of the team that end up calling us. Um, um the uh oh something pediatrics it's like yeah. it's like a high-risk pediatrics and they told us the procedure that they would go through once the baby was born so within the hour of him being born they would then do like their initial screens so that would involve like x-ray ultrasound drawing blood um just like their initial screening right away mm -hmm. um just to again have something on phone then they would just monitor him for the next couple of days so yeah and, and it's interesting because once a baby's born you know they're coming to the world and you're just like oh what what's going on and then having all these machines come into the room while they're doing this which we'll get into um shortly in regards to our birth story on the saturday uh before we had noticed that tenley was experiencing some pain omg could this be it she's going into labor it ended up being braxton hicks so there's no baby uh there was one point in time where I guess in this, la in this latter stage here, where um, the body now starts to go through the different changes and a lot of discharge, right? 
And I remember Tenley had gone to the washroom and she's like, oh my God, something's in the toilet. Something's in the toilet. I'm thinking my son is in the toilet. Like, what are you telling me? It's just a mucus plug. Part of my mucus plug came out. Never had a child before, so we don't know what to expect, right? So we called the hospital, you know, mucus plug is in the toilet. What do we do? And she was like, do you feel any pain, any contractions? No. Any bleeding? Any right. bleeding? No. She's like, all right, stay home when you start feeling contractions. Originally, they say four minutes apart, but because of how far we are from the hospital, because we actually delivered at McMaster Children's Hospital because I was high risk, and the distance from the hospital, they said, when I was seven minutes apart, then to start preparing myself to head to the hospital. We noticed now that there was a development of these occasional pain and discomfort starting Sunday night, going into Monday morning, where again, she was a lot, she was a lot more restless, uh, feeling a lot more pain, can't sleep. No matter what side I turned on. A lot of discomfort, was, yeah. And a lot I think of tossing I was, and turning in the bed, yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't think I got any sleep. And if I slept, I was probably like five minutes sleeping here, then up because I was in pain, turning here. Like, it, it was not nice. And because, watch now, because she can't sleep, I can't sleep, right? Because you kind of feel bad that I'm able to fall asleep and enjoy, but... There's a couple times where he fell asleep, jaw snore, everything. Um, but the good thing was we had his phone in the middle of the bed. Yes, Bailey. We had his phone in the middle of the bed, so he was, um, he was timing the contractions on his phone. Which meant... I really wasn't sleeping. No, was there was times because I was, there was times where I had to actually touch your phone to start recording the, you were Adrian. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and there's times where you woke up like, Tyler, I'm so sorry, I'm tired. Like you, you fell asleep a couple times. Anyways. So when we finally got to timing it, the one thing I will say is, I don't listen to Google, okay? <laughs> because Google tells you that when the baby moves, when you're closer to giving birth, you have pain. So there was some times where I was just like, okay, I'm in pain and I can't talk right now, but the baby's moving. So maybe this is a baby movement. And then other times I'm like, okay, he's not moving. So this is a contraction. Not knowing that the entire time there were all contractions. Adrian was working that Monday. I know he was tired. He brought his laptop upstairs and was working while I was trying to get some sleep. And every now and then he would help me toss and turn. I'm like, I can't, I can't. End up going into the tub, into our jacuzzi. In the jacuzzi, I was probably in there for what, like two hours? Soaking, trying to relax. Yeah, trying to see, okay, is this going to allow the contractions to get less? And they, they wouldn't. I got out came into Aiden's room in the rocking chair, which is right here, rocking back and forth. And then I had to say, oh, what, sorry, before, after I got out of the jacuzzi, um, Adrian got two chairs that we have and put them together. And I sat on the chair and had my feet up. And Adrian can tell you, I was pale. Like he was trying to give me water and stuff to drink. No energy at all. You, you can probably talk like, I know what I felt like, but I don't know what I looked like. A ghost. Yeah, right. it was. It wasn't nice coming in here, rocking back and forth in the rocking chair, and then I had to say, Adrian, I can't do this anymore. We need to go to the hospital now. Yeah, the pain was real now. Mm -hmm. Like it was real. 
Adrian could not talk to me when I was having a contraction. I did not want him touching me. I could even do this. No, no, nothing, nothing. And even he would ask me, are you having a contraction? I could not verbalize saying yes when I was having a contraction. Like literally turning that turned to this whole new person. It was just like, not it was scary, but it was just concerning just because she's going through all of this pain and transitioning. And literally there's nothing that I could do to kind of like alleviate any of the pain for her, which kind of sucked, right? Because she's going through this by herself. So that was the one thing that kind of got to me and kind of touched me was I couldn't help you there. You're on your own. Yeah, so at this point now, we, we already had our bags packed and at the front of the front of the house, my bag, his bag, and the baby's bag. Put them in the car and we're on our way to, into the hospital. And we had called and she just, how far are your contractions? How far apart are your contractions? Now remember, I said, I listened to Google. <laughs> so the contractions that we were timing were what I thought were contractions. Anyways. So we're in the car now, he's driving, still having contractions. I'm holding on to the, um, what is that called? The handle at the top of the car. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm breathing through them. So all I remember is like, mm, like that's how I was breathing. Mm, no talking, yeah. Mm, like I had to make the humming sound to kind of calm myself. We get to the hospital, we're in the labor and delivery ward. They put me in a room and they're like, we're gonna get a doctor to come and see you. I know there was women right now. in the two cubicles beside me, but they were not making any noise. Need you out now. And we're out. not in a hospital yeah. room with beds and machines and stuff. We're just in one of the wards that has ward, yeah. yeah, like it's a, it's a bed with just the machine to track the baby. Like there is nothing else. How am I the only person making noise? And I was loud. I was breathing, humming, whatever you want to call it. Very loud. Come on. Yes. Like, how is nobody else feeling pain? Like what's going on? So anyways, they come in, they're, they put the stuff on my belly, check my baby's heartbeat, all of that great stuff. A doctor finally comes in to check my cervix. And we all know you had to do cervix checks it, right, Tim? When I was 38 well, we weeks. Had, yeah. Yeah, 38 weeks. Um, we had planned for my 38th week for me to go in and do a cervix sweep. So we get there and I am nervous because I'm like the week before we did a cervix check and that was very uncomfortable um, to now have to go do a sweep. All right, so Aiden, we're here now. Your mom's being Superman or Superwoman, I should say. And she's about to do, what's the technical term called, Tim? Cervix. Cervix enabler with the doctors going to be massaging your mom to help put you up all right and she's doing good champion i want you to see what a champion looks like like i was terrified so my ob wasn't there they had somebody else come in and the first question was how big are your hands <laughs> how big is are your hands and the nurse that was there said, I don't have to do a cervix sweep. I can actually decline it. And when I heard that. Oh, you're welcome, babe. 
You're welcome, babe. When I heard that, I was like, You're welcome, babe. Thank you. Okay. When I heard that, I'm like, I declined. But if nothing happened, or this was 39 weeks, sorry, right? though we didn't do the cervix week then, if that baby didn't come the week after, because my 40, my 40, 40 weeks would be on a Saturday, right? So I would have had to do a sweep and then we would be talking about inducing for that Saturday if nothing happened after the sweep. And my point was a Tuesday, the Tuesday after Aiden came. Right on time. They come into the room to do a cervix check and I'm freaking out because I'm like, I know you have to do it to see how far dilated I am, but I, the whole thought of a hand going up my vagina was just crazy to me. My OB actually made fun of me weeks before when I asked her about a cervix check and she's just and like, they thought it was an entire hand i was told it was an entire hand but regardless she's like even if it was my hand my hand is smaller than a baby's head and you're scared of this going up and i said i know but at least the head just comes out and i'm planning to be on epidural so i won't feel it. but your hand is going in it's very different. Well, congrats, you're five centimeters dilated. I'm like, what? Five centimeters dilated. So, yeah, you're being admitted. Do you want epidural? I said, give it to me now. Now. And she goes, yeah, within an hour, we can get it to you. So, they moved me over to the delivery room. They got me into the robe. I used the bathroom, all of that lovely stuff. And then um, they gave me the epidural. And wasn't that fun it was a bit interesting because it's like you gotta put that thing in your spine oh. when you're having a contraction and every time like, i'm having a contraction now mm, mm. Hold it. Can't move. And you can't, i can't move agent was in front of me holding my friend while the guy was in my back um but once i think wait what was i holding you were hold you were in front of me while the guy was holding my back okay he said i was holding your front yeah so once that thing went in like you could feel i could feel a difference and as adrian would say i was a different person night and day yeah no but he said i was talking like a kid so how could i be talking like a monster and a kid hold at the same on, time hold on but as soon as you got that for like no, Adrian, you said when I was in pain that I was talking like a kid. And oh, yes, yes, I... and you came out normal. Yes, yes, yes. I got to mix up. I got to mix up. Yeah. You you get... Yeah. Can't trust anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it was, okay. it was straight answers. Like, I was in pain. I can't give you full sentences. Um, And then, yeah. Once once I got the epidural, I was fine for a couple hours. The doctors had to do a C-section, so they actually came in to check how far dilated I was to see did they have enough time to go to a C-section. They came in, did, did another cervix check. At this time, I had the epidural, so I was okay with the cervix check. <laughs> and I was seven centimeters dilated at this point. And this is all within the span of uh, under two hours. Under two hours. Yeah. My water broke um at the hospital when right before they checked to see how far dilated was i was for the second time and that's when we found out i was seven centimeters dilated can you do it again so they're like okay we're i think this was what maybe 10 o'clock at night mm -hmm. 
9.30-10, somewhere there. Somewhere around there. And they're like, okay, we're expecting for you to, the baby to come to over about 8, 8, 9 a.m. That's what the expectation was. We're like, okay, we got time. We're going to be here. Um, they were saying, trying to get some rest. About two hours later, um, I'm in the bed and I'm like, I didn't sleep, by the way. Couldn't sleep. But I'm like, I'm having back pain. Like, my back is hurting. So I'm going back to the whole breathing like I was before. Like, the hmm. Mm, I was going back there every time I came. So I called the nurse and she's like, did anybody do a um, check for you to see if you're like frozen down there? Um, and I'm like, no. So she got ice. She told me to turn. She's feeling. She's like, do you feel this? No. And I'm like, no, no, no. She goes, okay. So the epidural is working like it's supposed to. I don't know why you're feeling pain. So she's like, okay. What normally happens is when you have, you're getting back pain, which I knew before, but when you're having the back pain, it's the baby's back of the head is against the your the, pelvis bone there yeah so it's bone against bone that's causing the pain so that's what causes back labor so she's turning me there was something called a peanut peanut peanut, peanut ball. ball that i put to my legs to try and get the baby to kind of turn went on my knees on the bed trying to get the baby to turn and i was still in pain like i was like me turning made the pain worse so she's like, I'm so sorry, honey. You're just going to have to go through the pain because um, we tried everything and you're frozen and we can't do anything. Um, that was supposed to help the baby's head turn so it's not bone against bone. But what happened was when I finally went back onto my back on the bed, that's when I'm like, I need to poo. So she's <laughs> just like, okay, that may mean that you're going to be ready to deliver soon let me go get the doctor she's like hold it don't poo don't do nothing yeah don't do anything so she got the doctor they were ready to check me and i was 10 centimeters dilated she gave me two options she's like we can wait 45 minutes to get the baby to come down a little bit further so it's easy for you to push out or you can start pushing and it can take up to two hours. Now, mind you, go back to what Tenley was saying. At this point, Aiden, at that time, he had turned, which again alleviated some of that back pain now because now he was in the proper facing way to come up. We didn't find that out until after because I was still in pain at this point. But they had, when they had uh, checked you, he had turned and said, Yeah, no, yeah, he had turned, yeah. which was good, but I did not feel that. No, oh, that's okay. what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, so she's just like, okay, um, it's up to you. So I'm looking at Adrian. Adrian's like, I can't tell you what to do. You got to make a decision. What do you want to do? I'm and it was there hard. just to support. Yeah, and it was it was hard because I'm like, 45 minutes is a long time to feel like you got to poo and you can't poo. And I'm pushing for two hours. And I said, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to push. 16 minutes. And this child was out 16 minutes. We were shocked. He was born at 1.56 a.m. Stay tuned for part two.